My name is Leah Yingling. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm a trail and ultra runner for Solomon. And um, this is my first Western States a couple weeks ago now. And I'm really looking forward to chatting about it. Hi, I'm Taylor Nowlin. I live in Spokane, Washington, and I'm a trail runner for Adidas Terex. No I spend worries. a lot of time like laying on a table um, <laughs> next to like where the food is, you know, with like a burrito in front of me. And that this continues the food thing I was telling you guys about. This is actually really embarrassing. But so I got a burrito and then I got a burger and then I fell asleep on the table because like Abby and Cordis were there and they were talking to Dylan Bowman. And I was like trying to participate, but I just fell asleep. But then I ended up taking the burrito and the burger home with me and I took a shower oh and I, I fell asleep with them on my chest. Oh my in God. Bed. God. <laughs> I not. I woke so up in the morning and I was like, ooh, and then I ate the burger. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. I, you like adopted a burrito and a burger and you became their mom. Yeah. And <laughs> it was cute. I was like just snuggling them in bed and then I fell asleep and I woke up in exactly the same position and I was like, food. Amazing. And then I just ate it. Oh my god. And then afterwards I had a little bit of shame. So I was like, well, this is this is a first. Like I've never slept with a burrito and then woken up and eaten it before I even like got out of bed. <laughs> so many firsts. Katie. Okay, I'm ready. You guys all took top ten. You know how to deal with pressure. Katie. You got Tell me this. when. Count me down. I'm Three, ready. Two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. A great cause. Oh, thank you. I respect that, man. So you keep doing what you do, it, man. Keep inspiring. For all you kids out there, stay safe. And stay strong. Hey everyone, it's the Training for Ultra podcast. Scott Jurek here. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? Decided if I could, you know, finish a 50 miler, I could probably run across the country. 100 miles is not that far. I'm into it. Okay. To, to feel the pain of running for a long time. Welcome to episode 210 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. We have a Katie Asmuth co-host episode. So it's a good one. We talk to Taylor Nowlin and Leah Yingling. All three of these women were top 10 females at the Western States 100 really quite amazing athletes. I'm humbled to be in their presence there during that group call. We start off on a serious note. We we end on kind of a hilarious note. So I really enjoyed it. I want to stay in contact with all three of these female crushers. They, they seriously, they absolutely crushed Western States and they work hard. They do hard day jobs. They're all very smart. And yet they somehow figured it out. They all put in the training. They all executed on race day. Really, truly humbling speaking with these three. Thank you, you Patreon supporters. Very thankful for you guys. You make this all work. 
Um, without you behind the scenes, I don't know if this actually would all work. So I, I'm truly appreciative. Thank you to Exoskin. Check out the show notes for a link there. Uh, along with a coupon code. So the best available coupon code, I think it's 10% off right now. Check out Exoskin. Check out the John Wayne Cancer Foundation, their grit series. If you're looking to put in a few miles, this race is for a really good cause. Please check it out. Big shout out to Tannery Outdoors. As runners, we spend a lot of time outdoors in the sun. It's important that we're protecting our skin. Tannery offers clean sun care products like SPF lip balms, mineral sunscreen, and thereafter sun restorative moisturizer. Tannery just launched a new product, which is their traditional sunscreen. This leaves zero white cast and is similar to the mineral sunscreen in that it is sweat resistant and packaged from recycled materials. This is a great company, high quality products. Definitely check them out. Check out the show notes for a coupon code for Tannery Outdoors. This is Katie Asmith. So we have with us the sixth and seventh place females from Western States 2022, and also the first and second Americans in the race, female Americans in the race. And we are very excited and privileged to have you on the show today. Taylor, I want to start with you. Um, I met you at Nine Trails. You probably don't remember. I was doing the relay and you were doing Uh the full course and um, you won and you dominated. And I remember it was really stacked. And um, I remember right prior to that, you had just gotten the FKT at Rim to Rim to Rim. And um, I know you've podiumed at Speedgoat and Lake Sonoma. And your ultra sign-up is like 30-plus races deep. So you've done a lot. Um, and it culminated with this golden ticket at Black Canyon 100K, which I also got to witness, which was really special. Um, so just wanted to talk a little bit about your thoughts going into your first 100-miler, let alone Western States as your first 100. How are you feeling going into the race? I was, I was like beyond nervous. I wish I could say, oh, I was keeping a cool head. Everything was going great. I was like really freaked out. And I haven't been like really nervous for a race in a while. Um, so it was kind of like a new experience, but there's just so many factors going into a hundred miler, like, like all the logistics, like knowing where all the aid stations are. I've run parts of that course, but not the whole thing. Like there, and I just know that like so many things can go wrong in like a 50 K or a 50 miler. So I was like, literally anything could happen in a hundred miler. And, and basically like, because of all that, my expectations going in were just like, have fun, try and finish, like, don't care about the result or like anything else. I tried to put like as little pressure on myself as possible. Um, and just like have a good time. And I think that was a good strategy because then I wasn't like too in my head about it or anything, but yeah. Awesome. I want to dive deep into that mentality because I think that that's a really special part of ultra running and really all racing, right? It's like the nerves, like the excitement. Um, but it's also kind of terrifying. Like there's so much uncertainty out there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, all right, Leah. So you're a fellow swap athlete. Some work I'll play with David and Megan Roach. And you know, I adore you. Um, you paced me at bear 100. You didn't even know me. You just showed up on the, like during the race and just showed up and you're like, Oh, by the way, I'm your pacer. Um, and that was awesome. And since then I've just been like this huge fan of you and, um, and just like friends, I adore you. Um, but anyways, I just want to say you race a lot. 
you're 31 years mm-hmm. old and you've almost raised 50 ultras. Like that's a lot of races. And um, you've been trying for this golden ticket for a bit now at Bandera. You got third this year, Ugh, crushing third, man. I was bawling. Um, and then after that, Transvolcania, Gorge Waterfalls, 50K, you got second to Keeley Canyons. You nabbed that golden ticket and you were like 20 minutes off the course record. You just destroyed that. So just curious how you were feeling going into this race. I mean, you've done the distance before, but it was your first Western States. How are you feeling? Katie, why is yeah. she doing the easy races? Why is she only half-assing these races? Like, like, Quit, quit no this kidding. easy pace and pick some actually ch- like some challenging courses. All right, I'm done. Sorry. She's cherry picking everything. She's just like, <laughs> no kidding. Like, I actually know. try, you know? Come on. <laughs> it goes without, it's true though. She goes for like the most competitive, like world, like global events, you know? It's just pretty crazy. So, Leah, tell us well, how you were feeling. Well, thanks for saying all those nice things about me, Katie. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, this past, I think going into Western States, um, I was looking forward to it, but I kept telling people I felt like I didn't have the energy that matched a lot of people's going into it. Um, I felt really calm almost. And I told my coach Megan the day before, she said, how are you feeling? And I said, honestly, pragmatic. And she's like, oh, that's a new one. (laughs) And I think a lot of that really had to do with the year of racing that I've had. Um, I did race a lot and it's actually a lot more than I normally race and a lot like more distance than I normally race with like 200 Ks in there. But I think it left me feeling really relaxed about the distance and familiar with racing, um, which definitely helped me at the end of the day because I think it allowed for me to really tap into like what's a hundred K pace, what's a hundred mile pace, what do I need to do? Okay, I know my logistics and I know exactly what I need to do to do what I want to do. So now all you have to do is just do it, which is honestly the hardest part. But, um, yeah, it was definitely the most different feeling I've ever had going into a race of that magnitude was just feeling like quite honestly, ready to go, um, and just wanting to get out there. So it was so exciting. Um, obviously Western States poses so many unknowns, um, from the heat to the downhill to just impossible things to really train for. You can prepare as best you can, but you don't really know how you're going to react to those, um, variables on race day. So I think that was the part I was most nervous about was, you know, I've never run in 95 to hundred degree heat before. What's that going to do to me? Um, but yeah, it ended up being an absolutely perfect day. And I think I attribute a lot of that kind of to the year of racing that I had, um, but also like leveling up to like all the ladies that we were lining up next to, which was just such an awesome experience. Can, can I throw a question out to all three of you? How many ultras did it take until you felt normal going out to start line? Taylor, with the exception of your Western States, I know you were, your skin, your skin was crawling a little bit there, but how many ultras does it take until it feels almost normal to show up to a start line? You've done it so many times. It's like, all right, I got this. I think it depends on the distance, right? I mean, I think you can, I think we all feel pretty comfortable running a 50 K and, um, I don't know. I'm going to just say that if you're ever totally comfortable running a hundred miler, 
like you're kind of in for some trouble. <laughs> like the day is going to throw you some things. But I mean, I guess comfortable oh, being comfortable with uncertainty, I guess, is what you're kind of getting to. Um, for me, I think after I finished that first hundred, it was like, all right, I can do this. My body didn't die out there. And uh, so I think like maybe after one or two hundreds for me, I felt like I could do that distance. And nice. um, I don't know. Do you guys have... I was going to say, I feel like I get most nervous for like 50K. Like when I ran mm-hmm. Gorge with Taylor and Keeley this year, man, I felt like I was racing like a 5K the next morning or something. So I almost felt like more unprepared for something like that. Whereas I think something around the 100K distance, I feel a little bit more comfortable with. So yeah, it's funny how different things give us all different emotions. Yeah, for me, I would say like, it depends on the competition. It depends on what the race actually means to me, like, it's not necessarily the distance a lot of the time. Like if it's a high pressure, shorter race, then I'll get, you know, more nervous to that if I have like really more stake in the game, I guess. Um, but then a lot of races I'll use as like a training race and then it doesn't matter. And I could just get to show up and be like, Ooh, I'm going to eat snacks at aid station. It's going to be great. And then I don't really get nervous for those. So yeah. All right, la- like, last totally, quick one. Those are the factors and, for me. and Katie, you can go at it here, but 5k 10k your local turkey trot are you nervous at all about like that type of speed work and pain in such a a short interval as opposed to 100 miles of suffering yeah i think i mean i ran a 5k turkey trot this year and there was like it was in a small town in pennsylvania and i still got nervous for that so I don't know. It always happens. You got more nervous for a turkey trot than the <laughs> Western States 100. <laughs> I I mean, to that, I've never run a 5K or a 10K in my life. So <laughs> I guess I'd be really terrified. I think to Taylor's point, like I'm running CCC this year and that I'm like, I'm like nervous about that because yeah, I've done 100K, but it's a totally like unknown territory for me. And um, so, yeah, I think it depends on the competition and the location and, you know, the support you have around you. And like at Western States, I felt so comfortable running because I had this like amazing community around me that was like able to get me from A to B. And um, at CCC, it'll be a little bit different and just like feels more hectic and crazy with the thousands and thousands of people, um, but also fun. And I'm really excited about it. But yeah, anyways, this isn't my podcast. Taylor? You're not supposed to be interviewing. <laughs> T- Taylor? <laughs> The, okay, did the you last win a, did a pumpkin pie at some point in your life or <laughs> no no the last time I did a 10k I had to like really think about this so I'm glad I got a second but uh it was like a couple years ago and it was like right after Christmas and I wore like this XL gold sweater it was like a holiday event and I did it with a bunch of uh friends and it had a big Christmas tree on it that had an electronic component where the lights like lit up and flashed <laughs> And I don't remember being nervous for that. Yeah, I've done that, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. I remember being a really good time, like maybe too good of a time. So I, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, no pressure. Like, who cares when you're wearing a giant sweater? So, Katie, I hacked your interview. Uh, Go back at it. I love that answer, Taylor, because I'm like, well, I've done that, but like in my mind, that's like doesn't count as like. I was like, I don't think this counts as racing, but I did have a 10k experience. I mean, I just ran a mile with my kids on the Freedom Mile for 4th of July. And yeah, you know, like it, it was my first mile race of my life. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
All right. So, Taylor, I'm curious about, so you were nervous in the beginning. It's really interesting, actually, for our audience here. Leah and Taylor are going into this completely opposite mindset, right? And they end up getting sixth and seventh women, right? So it just shows that you can go into this race and really perform at such a different ways, right? Like we always say somebody runs some section way faster than another section and maybe it's because their fuel is kicking in or, you know, we don't know. But the point is, is that we can all run this race differently and get to the end pretty close to each other. Um, So Taylor, when you ran that first, let's just lump it together just for time's sake. Let's talk about from the start to Michigan bluff like what was going through your mind were you feeling confident were you just in a flow were you still all nerves like let's walk us through that a little bit oh man I was I was just like taking in the view it felt like really surreal it was really pretty I haven't been on any of that section of the course so I was just like following like having a wonderful time and then my huge highlights were seeing my crew too because a lot of them were like new to crewing new to pacing so it was just like so fun to see them at aid stations doing their thing and like understanding what to do, having watched like other people come through. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't, I had no idea where I was in the race, but I also wasn't putting that pressure on myself to like be in any specific spot. So I was just like enjoying the day. I think my, my big hiccup, like for that beginning section was, I, I guess I didn't realize this, but my feet like kind of swelled up, I think with the altitude a little bit and I wore like my normal size shoe. And so I had to like change shoes pretty early on in the race and just like go up a half size. Um, so like my, my only like sad thing in that section was like, my toes are starting to get a little smashed, but then I switched shoes and it was okay. Um, but yeah, I was, I don't know. I was just like taking in the view. That's amazing. You had, you brought a pair of shoes that was a half a size bigger. Like I'm that so, actually I'm, stole them off my I'm, pacer. I'm, oh. <laughs> that's wild. I mean, I, I, I can be on like mile 175 and I'm not even going up half a half a size. That's whoa. That's wild. Was it the downhills? Yeah. Like were you just smashing your toe box or yeah. you yeah. tie your and shoes usually, tight enough? I don't know. I think my feet just swelled up. That's like what it came wow. down to. Um I don't know. And I've heard of people doing that before, like go up a half size. Usually I like a really fitted shoe and it just like makes me feel fast. And like, I know the exact model of shoe that I like and it works every time. But I don't know in that situation with all the downhill, I was trying to be like really conservative because I've seen so many photos of people's feet at the end of hundred milers. And I was like, that that can't be me. Like I have to save my toes. Like (laughs) I really don't want to lose the toenails. Let's, let's save them. So I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I was being like, you have all your toenails. I'm just saying I have them all. Yeah. Yeah. My littlest like baby, baby toe. Yeah. I painted them. I paint, I sometimes I paint the skin when parts of them are missing. (laughs) (laughs) What color, (laughs) what color Taylor gold or what? Uh, they were pink on race day. Okay. They're I'm getting the now. important yeah. insights. Katie, please <sighs> save me. These are very important. Okay, Leah, so you're going into the first half of the race. Took it chill, you said. Tell us more about what you were feeling. Yeah, it was it was such a fun time for the first third of the race, first half of the race. I was trying to find friends that I knew around me, so I went up the escarpment with um, 
your friend Brett Hornig and then um Zoe was, I saw a picture of Zoe yeah and Zoe I spent so much time with her um so that was my main emphasis for those first miles was enjoying it with people and trying to share as many miles with people as I possibly could um so I was running with Tessa and Zoe and Brett and um Lucy up the escarpment and it was just I kept telling myself just stay chill like the race is not one up the escarpment the race is not one you know in the first 20 miles and just enjoy it um what was most surprising for me was like, I live at 5,000 feet and I spent a lot of time up high, um, even training for this race, but I got, oh man, I was affected by the altitude so much more than I ever imagined I would be. And that was a variable I never really considered. Um, just like nauseous early on. I was like, oh, this is going to be that kind of day, I guess. Um, but I think that also like helped me stay chill early on and really just like keep my effort in check and enjoy those miles. So I could like, I was almost like counting down the minutes until we dropped down lower into the canyons. So I could get out of the higher altitude and start feeling a little bit better. But yeah, it's funny, like Taylor's mentioning about kind of those uncontrollable like those things that you, like, you think you plan for and then like never in a million years would I have planned to have a pair of shoes a half size up like Taylor I've <laughs> never done that either <laughs> I mean I'm middle I'm middle of the pack and I'm like I, I'm maybe my first I'm race just, I'm thought just about sharing that, my truth so that's now amazing. we all know just in case <laughs> now I feel like I have to take a half a size bigger with me and every, I've never know. changed shoes in a race I want to know like, what gosh. what's going on here because both you guys are extremely well trained like, is it more than the altitude? Is this like post COVID reality? Like, do do your lungs just not get oxygen like they used to? Like, it doesn't make sense in my head, at least. Yeah, for me, it was more like just nauseous. I felt fine, um, lungs and energy wise, but just getting a little bit more nauseous than I normally would. And maybe it was like the extent of time that we spent up high because you do spend a good majority of that first thirty miles um, pretty high. Like I don't know, eight to nine thousand feet, um, where you're running, running. So I think that's what impacted me the most. Uh, effort felt pretty good and easy, but man, just nauseous. I, I respect that opinion. What <laughs> don't you have like a doctorate degree or something crazy and something I can't even pronounce? I mean, yeah, I work. I work in electrophysiology. Yeah, I. Yep, exactly. That's my <laughs> point. Um, but I mean, Taylor, did you feel like? post-COVID, like, did you have COVID ever at, at any point? And, like, do you feel like that could have affected anything? Or am I just throwing darts here? I did get COVID. Um, I got it, like, super early on in the pandemic. Um, I I mean, I'm a nurse. I was working in an ICU at the time, taking care of COVID patients. And um, I was doing that before vaccines were available to me. So, in that time frame, I got COVID and it wiped me out for like a couple weeks and then I recovered from it. Um, I don't think I have any residual effects, but I do have some like really close friends who have had like long COVID symptoms and um, like some weird like cardiac side effects and like lung scarring and things that like haven't come back the way that you would expect for like a typical young healthy person. So um, it, I don't think it happened to me, but it's most definitely like a, a factor for some people. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I want to keep talking about 
your work also, because I think it's a really big part of your lives, obviously. Um, but let's get through this race because I think people are really curious about Western states too. Um, Taylor, I was very, um, I was gutting out my race, literally. And I was sitting at Forest Hill and I think it was seventh at the time or sixth. I, I don't remember where I was. All I know is that I'm sitting in the chair and I told my crew, I'm like three minutes, I get three minutes, you know, um, I was miserable. Like I had no, nothing in me. Well, Taylor runs by me at Forest Hill looking fantastic. And I was like, I'm going to get her. And it made me laugh to my crew because they're like, Katie, like you can't even stand, like you're a wreck. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm gonna get her, you know. I and remember like so you, good. You were you were surrounded by like your whole posse yeah, of people. I and know. I remember that was the time where I'd started to kind of like lose my voice a little, or I'd think I was talking like audibly, but like I don't think I really was. And I remember seeing you and pointing to you and be like, Katie, run with me. But like you definitely <laughs> didn't hear me. No oh words God, I don't know how you could have, but yeah, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then I just kept going. <laughs> But I it thought was, of you in that moment. You, can I just say, so I take off with my pacer and I'm like, it was bad guys, like b both ends, whatever, horrible. But we kind of got into like a little rhythm of that happening and like stopping to do that and then keep running. And I'm like, I think I'm running all right, you know, and my pacer's like, okay. Anyways, I get to the first aid station and they're like, I was like, do you guys know how far ahead Taylor is? And somebody's like 11 minutes. And I was like, 11 minutes. It's like four miles. I was like, oh God, I'm a wreck. Anyways. So I don't know what happened after that. And Leo, we'll get to our story together. But Taylor, what happened after Forest Hill? Because I didn't get to see you for any of that. How did you feel like running down to the river and crossing the river up to Green Gate? Like, how did, how did all that, Seriously. how did you feel during yeah, that? Was Red Bull involved at all? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I remember Crushing. telling my crew, like, make Red Bull involved, but, like, not until, like, later in the day. Like I wanted to be really hit with caffeine, but like later in the day, not in like the heat of the day. Exactly. So I don't really remember yes. like where I had it and where I didn't have it, but I'm pretty sure it came into play after Forest Hill because I do really enjoy Red Bull. So, but I also drank and ate so many things. I remember telling my crew like multiple times, you guys, I just feel so full. Like, I don't know if that happened to you guys, but I was like, this is just an eating contest and my stomach feels really bloated because all I've been doing is like constantly eating. But anyways, okay, so after Forest Hill, I, picking up my first pacer was really fun. I've never actually run with a pacer before, so I didn't really know, like, what to tell them or, like, what to, I don't know. I was, like, just, just Who was your motivational pacer? things, you guys. It was, was so I had um, one of my college teammates uh, from Oregon State and then her husband, who live in Boulder, and they're both super fit and do uh, do ultras. And then one of my like really good training buddies from here in Spokane and they all took like different sections. So, um, yeah, they, they did a really good job. I got like turn by turn directions. My, uh, friend Galen like had the directions of the course, like on his watch and it would like beep and he'd be like, okay, we're going to go right. And this is going to be the hill and you have to climb for this far. And I think if anything, I probably should have been a little more focused because once I got pacers, I was like, Oh, I haven't seen these guys in a while. And I was kind of like chatting with them. And then I remember later on in the race being like, guys, don't talk to me about things not related to the race. Cause I have to like, I'm losing the mental capacity mm. to like double or multitask. And I need to focus on like just moving forward as fast as I can. Um, but I, I remember like moving pretty well through that section. Like my legs felt good. My body, I just felt full. Um, 
I was really surprised though, how hot it stayed. Like after Forest Hill, I remember in my mind being like, okay, and now it starts to cool down or it's supposed to. And that is like, definitely not the case. So that really surprised me. But I I was still in, in the point of just like really trying to control my effort and not get my heart rate up too high um, and like dig myself into any holes. So I don't know, I was just can I, can I just ask what food you were eating? Like what, what are you filling up on? Is it, <clears throat> is it actual so, real food or is it like gels and liquid calories or? I ate a mix of everything. I had some <laughs> tailwind. I okay. ate a lot of goo waffles, like a lot, a lot of goo waffles. Um, like an I unhealthy amount of gels, goo waffles. Probably. Yeah, yeah. But somehow I still like them because I actually ate one today and it, it went, it was more, fine. Like more <laughs> than, more than 10. Like, are you just getting yeah. out of oh, control? No, no, it was out of control. More Whoa. than 10, for sure. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. And then I really got into the salted watermelon and dipping potatoes in salt. Um, I ate a lot of, um, like, salt and vinegar chips. So you and, and then I went towards a little bit. <laughs> I was chugging a lot of water, too. And drinking a lot of, like, Coke. And I know I had some Gatorade at some of the aid stations. I just kind of took whatever... Katie, I, I think I Katie, ate some Oreos. I ate a lot of things. Do you see Katie's face right now? She's so jealous of you. She's so, <laughs> so jealous. And if you're, so jealous. You'll have oh, to listen to our episode. <laughs> don't don't share it yet, Katie. Like this sounds amazing. She's having a good time. Okay. You, on the other hand. <laughs> so Taylor, is this a normal thing for you? Do you normally eat that much like solid food during a race? I mean, or is this like a hundred mile mentality? Um, no, I usually eat a lot. Yeah. Like when I'm training, I eat a lot. And when I'm racing, I usually eat a lot. I think if anything, I learned like, okay, towards the end of the hundred miler, cause I got like really into gummy worms towards the end. Cause I was having like super bad, just flavor exhaustion and sour gummy worms sound seemed like a really good idea. Cause they kind of make you salivate and it was just something different, but I ate so many that I started having like heartburn. I think I kept like burping <laughs> It was kind of gross for my pacers. Um, so anyways, my take home was like, maybe focus more on liquid hydration. Just so like, you're not like eating chips and ran. I, I think you can just move faster and it's easier when you're just drinking your calories. So I'm going to try that in the future. I'm not going to derail the conversation that just opens the door for me personally, but. Go, I mean, it's your podcast. You can derail no, this the is conversation. Your, Katie, this is your podcast. <laughs> this is not my podcast. Sour, okay. sour, I mean, sour gummy bears is how to do it. That's that's just, I mean, you're playing with fire, but if you're towards yet 20 miles to go, eat a whole pack. It doesn't matter as long as you're burning calories, right? <laughs> I, d- I did actually make the mistake, though, of just... <laughs> like not keeping them in plastic bags and like shoving them in pockets and like oh, in my sports bra and stuff. That, would be a great photo. that doesn't make any sense. But at the time it made a lot of sense. And when I got to the finish, I was like worms in there and being like, oh, because they just like they all become one and then you can never oh, get them out of your wow. gear. So I'm gonna reach out to yeah. Howie Stern, see if he captured the the magic here. Um <laughs> But yeah, anyways, pacers, enough about my nutrition journey. <laughs> not, this this whole episode pictures. was actually we. This is all set up. It's just Taylor's nutrition episode. Um, 
But is your pacer in front of you or behind you? So like when you're burping and having heartburn, like are you like the pacers behind you? I'm assuming they were behind me the whole time. Yeah. I told them that it was against the rules to run in front of you, which I thought was true. Maybe. Is that true? No, no. Okay. No, I was bad water. I've never done that before. <laughs> yeah. Well, shoot, guys. I'm not really sure where I got that from, but I told them you cannot run in front of me. It's considered cheating. Just Ooh. cheer me on from the back. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. They're this really good friends. <laughs> I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Taylor, they can lead you. And it's actually really helpful because then you run their pace. It's fantastic. I was yeah. also worried like if they pace. run in front of me and then they're faster than me and I can't keep up with them, then will I be sad that I can't keep up with them even though I want to, but I just can't? I mean, Taylor, yeah, it works. It works, sister. Okay, whatever. whatever. Did, if it works you for you guys, awesome. I'm going to obviously do it now. <laughs> I think whatever you did worked just fine for you. Like, good job. Good job. Um, wait, Taylor, before we move on to Leah, real quick, I just want to give you props for telling your pacers to say, okay, like, we're, I got to shut it off, like the small talk or like, like talking about other stuff and just really focus on the race because I feel like that's such a big part of it. Like you can kind of get so distracted and there's so much going on and, oh, there's Scott yeah. Jurek and, oh, there's, you know, like you can just get so um, like outside of yourself, especially at Western States. And I feel like that is like a total veteran move, like maturity, like being able to say, hey, oh. guys, like. It was, it was really hard at the focus. time because my, my friend Jocelyn, she was talking about the show that she had started watching that involved like reading your dog's thoughts or something. And she was like, I'd just be so sad if I actually knew that my dog was like, I was leaving the house. And then my dog thought like, are you leaving forever? Are you ever coming back? And I started to cry when she was telling me that. And, and that's when I drew the line. I was like, Jocelyn, I love you. But I can't handle this. Like, just tell me to run faster. Cause like, I'm crying for some reason now. And <laughs> never had this happen in a race before. You're, cr you're yeah, crying. So you got so gummy good. worms, like so sticking good. out of your, your shirt. Yeah, it was a hot like, mess. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Leah can attest to that. When she passed me, I was even more of a hot mess. <laughs> All right, I want to hear this. I want to hear this. Okay, <laughs> Leah, we're going to you. So we're at Forest Hill. We're running home. We're running to the finish. I see you at Green Gate, and I'm like, I'm gonna get you, Leah. Like, obviously, I adore you, and I'm like laughing, but also just like barely surviving. And I see you. I'm like, I'm gonna come catch you, and then I just start vomiting, and then off she goes. I never see her again. So what happens for you between four because you put on a lot of time during that section on me and then on from green gate on i never saw you so like walk us through what went down because leah the closer was on fire oh thanks katie yeah at forest hill oh man that was like my favorite crew stop of the day and um my friend win got it on uh video and i just i love watching it because it is just like it's a pit stop and there's so many Katie, that one picture that you had of so many hands. That's exactly what it is. It's like so many hands doing so many things like that. I don't even know I need at that moment, but like my dad's down my sleeves and like, there's so many things going on. And I just love reliving that moment because like that, it gives, gives me so much life. And I think that's exactly how I felt on race day too, which was like, okay, people always tell me the race doesn't start till forest Hill. Like I'm, taking that to heart and I'm running with it. So I took a lot of, I took some time at Forest Hill just to like 
get myself ready for the next 40 miles. And it was amazing. And I saw Megan Roach, um, my coach, she joined me for the whole stretch of the Forest Hill Road there. And she was like stride for stride with me, just like amping me up, telling me how good I looked and just to like, you know, take this next section, like try to put some work in and at Green Gate really just like go to town. Um, so that was just so life-giving, sharing some miles with her there. Um, and just like, yeah, pregnant as can be and just stride for a stride with I me. I was like, you say, are my life. Yeah, life-giving. That's like a whole <laughs> other dimension. She's in 98-degree weather, too. Like, I mean, you know. Oh, like, incredible. I'm like, you are my inspiration yeah. right now. It was amazing. Uh, just such a great memory. And my crew was running through there with me and just, you know, telling me all the nicest things in the world. So I just carried that with me all the way on Cal Street. And I had my friend, Dimitri, he picked me up in Forest Hill to start pacing me. And I told him, like, similar to Taylor, I was like, I just, I, I got to the point where I was like, I'm just not going to talk much. But, like, talk, you can talk to me as much as you want, but I'm not going to be that fun to be around. Um, so we just kind of chugged along. I just kept thinking about the Western state training camp with all the ladies on those miles and just how much fun it was. Um, but just also trying to keep myself in check because I was like, okay, I know at green gate, there's still a lot of miles to go. Um, and I knew from like certain splits on the course, if I was feeling good, what I could do from green gate to the finish. And I was like, okay, just get yourself to green gate feeling good. So you can do what you, you know, you can do from there to the finish. Um, Leah, yeah. can I ask you, Katie and I had talked about this and I, I've heard of gaslighting like from a, a negative connotation, but can a crew actually positively gaslight you to the point where they tell you how good you are, no matter what shape you are, you can be Katie at Greengate and you start believing that you have it together Um to the point where where you make a top 10 like is that a, a thing that's a good question because there's been many times where i've had a pacer that tells me i look good and then usually when it's my husband i'm like do i actually look good right now and he's like no you're moving well i'm like but seriously and i have to like double check three times with him and he's like no you're like you're moving well but yeah that's a great question katie what do you think <laughs> i have a couple things on this like at forest hill last year i mean i was like feeling fantastic probably how you guys were both feeling at forest hill this year and like ready to crush like i was like basically ready for my 10 mile sprint and that happened a little too early um and that was a bummer actually so much like energy from forest hill of people being like and i'm like feeling fantastic and i'm like shouting to the crowd and like loving it and dancing and then to just get like it was like too much energy. Um, but I will say also <laughs> that it was almost like that wasn't good for me, but, um, I will Passed say my, this boat. year, <laughs> yeah, at my, this race this year, my foot really, really hurt because I rolled it in the high country and like every single step was like excruciating and I was trying not to focus on it. And I told my husband, I was like, don't tell coach because I didn't want him to pull me and be like, Oh, you have like a freaking stress reaction in your foot or like something's broken. Like, what do you mean? And everybody's like, no, you don't have foot pain. Your gait's great. I'm like, no guys, it really hurts. So that was kind of funny. Cause I'm like, well, shoot, man, I guess they look fine, but it really hurt. And it did actually help me because they were like, nope, your gait's fine. You're not limping and like go run, you know? So I think, you know, it got me to the finish line. You know, my foot still hurts, but you know, at least I finished. <laughs> so, you know, it could go either way, I guess. But Taylor, what do you, what do you think? Can your crew convince you mentally that you're it, like, and actually affect your race? 
telling you how good you look, you know, regardless of the actual conditions. Yeah. And I told them that beforehand. I was like, just (laughs) whatever the situation is, tell me that I'm doing amazing and that I'm moving really well and that the people in front of me don't look as good as I do, but be nice about them because like, I still respect them and like, like, super unkind. She's just saying that. No, no, I actually told them that because they're like, you guys are filming. And I was like, well, you have to be nice. Like, I really mean that. But anyways, um, yeah, I told them about that basically to like kind of lie to me a little bit just to like keep me motivated because I love like on the back half of a race when you can catch people. It's like best case scenario. Right. So I was trying to like induce that in my head by having my pacers tell me that regardless of whether or not it was really the situation. So I think it works. But then. But then, I mean, just like what Leah said, like, if you know that that's a tactic, then if you're thinking too hard, you can be like, well, wait a second. Like, <laughs> actually lie? Katie, so, Katie's just eating I, it I up. Know. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, you, I, you'll hear in our interview, but um, I'll throw out, uh, we'll start with Taylor and then Leah, like, get us to Rucky Chucky. I want to hear about that water crossing and then Katie can get us to the finish line with questions. The Rucky Chucky section was like the water crossing. I would say it was like the highlight of, I I was so excited to finally get to it. And when I got into the aid station, I still don't think I really knew like what place I was in, in the race. Um, But a couple people had told me like Camille Heron is in front of you. And I pulled into that aid station and the volunteers were like, she's, she's right there. She's getting in the river. And I was like, eating watermelon and stuff and they were like but she's right there and I was like oh. and then I I got like competitive and I don't get like competitive that often uh so it was exciting for me to be like oh I can catch someone so I like dove into the river and started like <laughs> swimming and kind of forgot about like the whole you're supposed to hold the rope with both hands thing and the volunteers were like stop that like grab the rope with both hands and I was just like doggy paddling along having a great time and that's like where I I, pa- I ended up passing Camille like coming out of the river so it was what? that was, it, it was, was really like fun and a huge relief yeah I, pretty much I need to start filming your races this sounds exciting between all the food gummy worms <laughs> and really swimming oh my gosh doggy paddling I kind of picture Zach Miller like eating at UTMB type situation just a thing of beauty yeah, was... like all the food actually went in your mouth somehow like yeah. Sorry. I'll stop. I, I always think of it as like chipmunking. Like when people yeah. are like, but how do you eat a dry yeah. waffle while you're running? And I'm like, I just am like a chipmunk. So you like, you eat it and then you, you stash it away in your cheeks and then you just slowly swallow like, it as you Taylor, can. How like do you, sugar tobacco, you know? You know? How, <laughs> yeah. how do you take down a Denny's Grand Slam meal through Forest Hill? Like that's pretty yeah, amazing. Believe it or not, like when I go out to eat, I have good manners. But when I'm running... <laughs> No, <laughs> there's oh, literally a photo of me spilling Coke, like all the way down <laughs> my white Jersey in forest Hill that I saw after the fact. And I, d- I had no idea. And can we share that? That with was also embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> that's I'll send it in. All right. I, I'll, st- I'll stop. I'm, I'm backing up. <laughs> Leah, please get us out of this right, situation. Um, yeah. So the so forest Hill to um, the river, I think I was in like, 16th or 15th or something at Forest Hill. I don't really know. Um, but I think I passed wow. a person or two there. Um, and then I think somewhere on Cal Street, I moved up a couple spots. Um, 
And I think by the river, I was maybe, I think I was maybe 10th-ish place there or something, which was like, that was really inspiring because I was like, top 10 was my goal for the day. And to feel that going into the river, knowing there was like 20 miles to go and like, okay, let's get to work was really like really inspiring in that moment and um, just really fueled me for the last 20. But so my dad, this is his first, um, he spectated one of my races in uh, my hometown, but this is his first race that he's seen since then. That was like three years ago. Um, he was able to come out for this and he was on the near side of the river. And I mean, I was like, dad, just buckle up. Western States is a journey. It's a day. And like, just sit in, like, you don't need to do anything at aid stations, just like exist and take it all in. So he was on the near side of the river and he's like in the river, like, like crouched down. And I mean, he used to coach me in soccer growing up and like try to motivate me and whatnot. And it was really interesting to be like, how does dad motivate like 31 year old Leah? And he's like arms on his hips. And he's, he's like, Leah, you're a fighter. You can fight. Aww. And he's like, fighters pick up people and they work hard when it gets tough. And I was like, Aww. oh my God. Uh, I'd be crying. That'd be crying for sure. For sure. If you're not Tears. smiling was, throughout this or now tearing up. Oh, yeah, it was just, it was so special. And then I was like, okay, now I need to cross the river and like stay upright and just like taking that energy with me. And I was like, that is so cool. And I don't think he wasn't going to see me until the finish line or like Roby Point area. Um, so I was like, okay, you just got to get to the finish line, like looking good for dad and just yeah, prove to him that you can fight and you can work hard when it gets really tough. Um, so coming across the river then is when like Katie and I finally got to cross paths and um, it was going up the green gate climb where I think I saw you for the first time all day, Katie. And it was so exciting to see you, but then it also meant that you probably weren't having the day that you wanted to have at that moment too, which was disappointing. But you did say, you're like, Leah, like, I'm going to go with you. And I was like, come on, let's go just like training camp. And I was convinced you were right behind me for a while after leaving Greengate. So sad to hear you weren't. <laughs> yeah. I was just kept believing for the rally. I was like, I'm going to rally. It's about to happen. And so I you're positive gaslighting. Uh, is I kept trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Exactly. Okay. So can we talk about Leah's Greengate to the finish? Because, I have heard, and I haven't actually looked at the stat myself, but I have now heard from like three sources that it was the third fastest time to Claire Gallagher and Ellie Greenwood ever in the history of the race. Is this accurate, Leah? And tell us, how did you do that? Yeah, it's, um, I'm not sure. I know like on Strava, that's what it is. I don't know in the history of the race, I should look at some of those, um, but I was really excited for this section because I did plan out like some rough splits of what I could do. And I remember telling myself, um, on your best day, you can run four hours from the river to the finish. And when I looked on Strava later, it was like 359, 49. Ah! And I was like, that oh is my so, so rad. You <laughs> um, freaking dominated. And like, I that's just, like, so fast. That's amazing. It was, so I don't fast. even know. I felt so, so, so good on that section. It was unreal. I kept telling, I picked up my friend, Matt, who I've run with like twice in my life. Um, we just became friends this year. His name's Matt Mitchell and he's from San Francisco. And he was, I think a little nervous to be pacing me on that section. And he's good friends with Corinne Malcolm. And he was like, what do I like say to her? What do I do? And, <laughs> and I think he was pretty nervous going into it. And like, when I picked him up, I was like, Matt, I'm just like, probably not going to talk much, but like, let's just get this done. And we just, we hauled ass for that last section. And it was so, it was so much fun. Like I felt like I had just started running and it was 
I keep saying it was just like an out of body experience because I've never felt that good late in the race before. And let alone like a hundred miles, like my last 20 miles of my previous 200 miles were like, I ran fine, but didn't have that much energy. And this was just so exciting to, to feel that way and to like be able to move to like, like actually run when I told myself all day, like you want to be able to run that last 20. And I ran like almost every step of that, which was just mind blowing to me in those moments. And just really fun too, because you're starting to get dark. You're starting to like go hunting. You see some headlamps and yeah, you're just picking, picking people off as best you can. And it was really exciting. Your dad's pep talk. I can attest That's to that. All I'm gonna say. It, it did the job. It was like That's a all. thing of beauty so many to <laughs> It was literally insane because I felt like I was running, like I felt good at the end and I was shocking myself and my pacers were like, you're doing, you're still running like good (laughs) job. And like every time I've raced Leah, like, I feel like we have a similar strategy, but the problem for me is she's just better at it. So (laughs) we start out conservative and then we just get faster as we go and then just like close really hard. And like, this was no exception. Like she was behind me, never saw her, never saw her. And then all of a sudden I heard she was coming and I was like, it's that time in the race where <laughs> Leah comes flying past and I'm just going to do the best I can. And like, literally you came by like mind blowingly fast. I oh remember my telling my pacers, like she's dropping like seven minute miles. I don't even know what, like what's going on up there, but like, we can't catch that. <laughs> it was literally so cool. Like you just looked fresh and you were like so friendly when you passed me. Oh, it was, I, Katie, I've been telling Taylor, I'm like, we've run like so many races together now. It's like, we actually need to run a race where like we run together one of these days. <laughs> Or, like, finish hand in hand, you guys. Like, come on. Uh, (laughs) Taylor's hauling all the gummy worms, so, like... Yeah, um, no, not anymore. anymore. I've learned. I've learned my lesson. (laughs) I think I may be done with that strategy. We're going to move on to something else. Were were you listening to music? Like, what what part of that was amazing? Like, what elevated you to the next level? Um, Was it music? Was it fueling? Was it perspective on the enormity of the race you're in i don't know what it was yeah not music i don't listen to music when i run ever except unless i'm like on the treadmill or something um i think it was just like the darkness and like sharing those miles with somebody even though they're pretty silent um and i think having the experience at the training camp of knowing what it entailed um and being able to tap into because like we actually during the training camp we moved on that section at a pretty decent clip that day and katie and i ended up running like the last like most of the last little bit together. Um, and I just kept channeling that like, okay. And I didn't feel very good on that last day of camp, but I was like, okay, like try to move like you did that day. Um, because we moved well. And I don't think I moved as fast as we did that day, but it was like, it was something nice to just channel that energy of like a good feeling day. Um, and just, I think I was, I have the psychology of pacing. Um, and I can't, I've realized in my past hundreds that like, I can't have my husband, Mike pace me, when the going gets tough or in those like 80 to 90 miles or 80 to 95, I just get like really weak and like vulnerable with him. And I'm very okay making him move slow or just like, you're you're like too, so you're like too comfortable to be open and honest with them. 
Yeah. Like, is that I, what it is? Like, That's interesting. I, I, I'm like, I'm able to do anything and I'm just, I become the biggest baby in the world. So going into this race, I was like, Mike, yeah. as much as I want to share as many miles as possible with you, I know having you, I picked him up as a pacer at mile 94. And I was like, I know looking forward to having you for like the last hour to 70 minutes or so is going to like get me through that section. And I'm just going to be like counting down the minutes until I get to like get you. Um, and that was super motivating because then I was like, okay, home stretch with Mike. This is going to be great. Except like, then I got him and I was like, <laughs> my calf hurts. And I'm a baby. <laughs> okay. So what, I, what I'm getting from this is I think all like of our loved ones need to be in the river telling us that we're fighters exactly. because it seems like to me, like your father was able to spark something like that fight in you that you get. At, both, mm-hmm. at all of your races you get but there was something very special about this race and honestly you're talking and I'm just getting like chills up and down my spine because I mean this is the magic that we're uh-huh. all searching for like truly Leah like I, I mean I don't know about you Taylor but like this is my dream to be able to race the last 20 miles of western states and like it's like what I think about. It's why, what helps me train is I'm like, I want to be able to run yeah. that and race it, you know? And yeah. so just the fact that you were able to do it, I feel like I'm living vicariously through you. <laughs> and someday, hopefully I get that magic too. But how profound and like uh-huh. you're able to take that experience with you for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. Like, not just racing, Katie, but in life. It's you, so cool. You've, you've done all right. You've done all right the past few no, years. I, I know. <laughs> No, no, I'm great. But like this Western States is like so special. You know, I've only had two chances at that. And both of them, I weren't, wasn't able to like race hard the last Mm -hmm. at 20 miles. And I just think that's so special to be able to pick off people in the top 10 to become the first American is just really, it's just so exciting. So, so were you able to pick off any men also, or were you just, yeah, I think I picked off between, you know, it was just just no man's land, honestly. Like it was, I think it was Taylor and Camille and then maybe like two guys, maybe, maybe I passed people weird. in aid stations that I just didn't know sure. about. It was but weird. I felt like, like the groupings, uh, like the men were like going for the top 10 and then their mm-hmm. separation in a lot of cases. Um, yeah. It wasn't like the previous year. I, I feel like the women were almost within uh striking distance up front. It was, it was more yeah. separated this year. I feel like, do you guys yeah. agree or, or? I, I would say so. Like, I think the women's grouping was pretty, like, I mean, how it ended up, too, you know, like, way. 11th through me was actually all pretty close. Yeah. Um, so, 6 through 11, I thought was close. And then there's a pretty good gap between, like, me and Emily um, and then the ladies up ahead. So, that was kind of, like, I'm actually never in that spot in a race where it was, like, a comfortable, like, there was a comfortable in front of me, like, I, I hate running like really, really scared. And like Taylor, I had no idea where you were behind me. Um, and I was like, Mike was pacing me and I was like, Mike, check the tracker, see if you can see like when they checked into the last aid station. So I didn't know like the gap behind me, but I knew in front of me, it was like, I, it wasn't going to happen. So I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. I can at least like exist here to the finish and not like. Taylor, stop. take us to the finish. I want to hear that perspective of chasing down Leah, probably downing Red Bull, like <laughs> just going at it. Were you, were you listening to music? How did you close your last 20 miles? I was not listening to music. Um, that was about the time that I had that conversation with my pacer that I mentioned earlier, where I was like, I need to focus. Um, I, I was just trying like not to get past and 
to hopefully pass people. I mean, I think I definitely went into that section with the fear of like, I really hope I can keep it together. I'm proud of the race that I've run, but like, I'm really afraid that anything could still happen and it's not over until it's over. And like, I just need to keep eating and keep drinking and keep moving forward and like, not for any reason, stop. <laughs> so yeah, I, running I, scared? that's, I was, yeah, I was running com- scared, but I was also on close your to back. people. I mean... Yeah, I, exactly. That's why I was very scared. Because <laughs> um, I had been, I went back and forth with Camille like a few times before I finally passed her. And like when I picked up my last pacer with like six miles to go, like she was, she, I think she was only like a couple minutes behind me. So, um, and I knew that and they told me that and my pacer that I was running with kept like looking back with her headlamp and being like, you need to run faster. And I was just like, this is my worst like nightmare. Mild like, if, I, you're like... if I hit the pavement, slash the tracks, and it's me versus oh. else, this does not end well for me. So I was like, anything that was technical trails, I was just like, we gotta, we gotta hammer time because like, if she's behind me on the track, you know, I'm obviously done for. So, um, Oh, yeah, I, I was I was running scared, so this but is, I also yeah. I got it, and I want to come back to this, Katie. This is a rare opportunity, Katie. You're chasing down Camille, is that right? Do you see her in front of you, or is she uh, gapped it a little bit at that point? I wasn't chasing anyone down, Rob. <laughs> I was holding on for dear life. I was literally just okay. trying to stay in ninth. Like I had. Um, I had Camille Brujas was 10th right behind me. I could see her for Whoa. miles, for like six miles. I saw her headlamp like right behind me. I mean, I don't, I'm sure. You guys are not selling me, me on this. Like you're all running rough. scared into the finish. And that, yeah, it sounds well, miserable. Marie was like five minutes behind her. So like, I'm like, it does make you five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's performance so I was enhancing. Running my, I was running as hard as my body. I thought I was like having a Claire Gallagher slash Leah Yingling experience, but it just wasn't as fast as I thought I was running. But I felt like that. You know what's beautiful? Was, what's beautiful know. about that comment is watching it late into the night one year, I think it was 18, where Claire stops at mile 93 and just stops. Like, I think she was in third place, so excited and to be able to come back from that, like you guys can have a bad race and you guys are all so good that it just takes a good day or two. It just takes a good day. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, We're all searching for that day, you know, and maybe yeah. I feel like it's pretty, it's, it's just fun. It's all fun. Like, you know, we're all just trying our best to get that magic. <laughs> Taylor, take us to the track. I want to hear how that went. I, that section was surreal. Like once, once I finally hit the pavement, got to the top of the last climb, I was like, okay, I still think that Camille could like come out of the bushes and I just didn't see her. So I'm still running like kind of scared, but I felt a little bit better. And I was joined by like a, a big portion of my crew. My partner, Chris jumped in and like, we got to run to the track together. And it was, it was just really surreal. I think I was in, in shock for most of it that like I made it first of all and that I was like so far under 19 hours I had I like I said I had like no expectations going in except for like hopefully you don't blow up try and finish etc um, but I definitely didn't expect myself to run as fast as I did so I was mm-hmm. like really excited and very surprised that like that the like the front of the pack was so fast mm-hmm. um and I just remember like looking down at my watch and like looking back at my time and being like 
dang, like I'm in, I, like I got seventh and I ran that. So like what exactly happened before me? Uh, exactly. it, it was like, it was just That's really awesome. cool to be top, out there. Top and two females ran to the fastest times, the top 10 times of all times, uh, which is wild. Yeah. And you look at the men's and Jeff Rose from way back, I think is 2010 is still in the top 10. So like, like this rate, the women's field took two slots out of the 10 out of history this year, which is unbelievable. And the three of you all participated and made the top 10 overall female this year, which you guys are all super talented. Like, this was a fast year. It was the fastest top 10 in history. It's pretty remarkable. I mean, we're all pushing each other to our limits, you know? But, okay, we got to... Leah, we're, we're over an hour now, guys, so I have to, like, you know... So, let's bring it down. So, you're at Roby Point. What happens? You, you're first American female. What's going through your head? Um, yeah, I gained my rest of my crew up at Ruby point. And I think at that point I was like, okay, I am probably good behind me, but I'm still kind of nervous. And I like, I knew I should or could try to run that entire section and just like enjoy it with my crew. And like, they're, they're so nice and jubilant. And Mike has this, um, mantra for all of his races and all the races I do. He's like, Leah, last mile, fast mile. And I looked at him and I was like, F no, <laughs> no way. I, I was like, that. and that was like, I couldn't get any other words out at that point other than that. And I was like, I must've been really emotionally charged about those feelings because that's the only <laughs> things I could get out of myself. Um, but then, yeah, I think just like hitting that track at that point, and just, oh my God, looking across and you're like, that's all that separates me and the finish is just this like 300 meters. And then there I see my dad and I mean, he hasn't, you know, run a step probably in like 10 years. And he joined me for like a hundred meters of the last 300. And that was, that was just surreal because like later I was like, dad, you were moving at like a good clip out there. And now I see that he's like back at home, like starting to go on walks more and like nice. jog a little bit. What did he say to you at the finish line? Oh, I don't even know what he's, I just, it was all a blur. I got like, you know, unfortunately, this was really unfortunate. I wish I could have like enjoyed the finish line moment a lot more. I got like swept off to the drug testing tent and was there for two and a half hours afterwards, um, trying to party like, going on there. That <laughs> sucks. So, they don't give you any time. You can't even like hug your loved ones. It's like no. they rush you off. It it kind of blows. It's like not it a fun just, celebratory. Yeah, they like, watch you closely, like through the line, yeah. through the finish line. They're like on you. Which, honestly, I mean, it's good for the sport. You don't want that. Totally, place, totally. But, uh, yeah, it's like you're not allowed to have electrolytes without them, like, tagging whatever you... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was sad. But everything else was just jo- so joyous in that moment. Being able to share that with my crew was just amazing. Taylor, so cool. What was the finish line like for you when you, when you came through? Um, what was going through your head? I was just so happy and so relieved to like have the day I had and like none of the horrible things that could have gone wrong that like would go wrong in my head beforehand 
actually happened. And I, I was just like, wow, like I really made it. I just ran. A, I don't know. I was like totally in shock. And I was so excited to like see and hug like all my Adidas teammates, like my family, my friends who traveled from all over to come cheer me on. Like there's really like nothing quite like that finish line experience. And mm -hmm. like you're emotional, but then you get to share it with everyone. And then you also get to see other people having that same experience. And it was really magic. And then like the pain hits and you like feel like <laughs> lay on the ground and like kind of spirals from there. But that first, like, I don't know, it's a beautiful thing. Adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a dwarfin rush. Can I say, can I give a shout out to Ruth Croft who stuck around for me? She was at, she finished like hours ahead of me and stuck around to give me a hug to congratulate me. How cool is that? So incredible. I know it's pretty special. I feel like there's a pretty tight knit community here. And um, I just want to say thank you guys for joining us today because this was really special and just personally really fun to chat with you guys and totally she rose and hoping that we get to race together, maybe a little closer in proximity <laughs> together next year. Uh, I do have to ask Taylor, are you hooked on the distance? I think I'll do another one. Yeah, I have right. media plans, but I'll, I mean, at least West, Western States yeah. next year. Like, you, yeah, right, I was going to say right. June 2023. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about like, other schedule. 100 milers, but <laughs> I'm sold on Western States. This is a good one. This is a good one to be sold on <laughs> for sure. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Guys. I hope everybody enjoyed this conversation. And Rob, thanks again for letting us get together. Katie, I'm going to have you on to host, co-host again. Like, you're <laughs> awesome. And uh, both Taylor and Leah, thank you guys so much for your time. Congrats. I'm sure I'll see you out at a race. And uh, Taylor, I'll make sure to film when you're eating at aid stations because it just sounds <laughs> epic. Um, it's like an experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having us. So, Lee, if you have to run, run. Yeah, if you guys don't mind, it's really nice catching no, up with you guys. No problem at all. Thank you. Stay in touch. <laughs> I waved. Okay. No one can see me. Um, <laughs> Bye, Leah. Bye, guys. Yeah, see ya. Congrats again. Yeah, yeah. Did you, you should do that. By the way, did you say hi to Marianne Hogan at the end of your race? I feel like, I don't know if it was you or not. I feel like I met all of you in the blur of the finish line, but I don't think I said hi to Marianne. I would have okay. remembered. She's like on the Maybe ground. Maybe I did. Basically. And I like forgot, but <laughs> no I spent worries. a lot of time like laying on a table, um, <laughs> next to like where the food is, you know, with like a burrito in front of me. And that this continues the food thing I was telling you guys about. This is actually really embarrassing, but so I got a burrito and then I got a burger and then I fell asleep on the table. Cause like Abby and Cordis were there and they were talking to Dylan Bowman and I was like trying to participate, but I just fell asleep. But then I ended up taking the burrito and the burger home with me. And I took a shower oh and I, I fell asleep with them on my chest. Oh my God. My bed. God. <laughs> I, not. I woke so up in the morning and I was like, Ooh, and then I ate the burger. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. I, you like adopted a burrito and a burger and you became their mom. Yeah. And <laughs> it was cute. I was like just snuggling them in bed and then I fell asleep and I woke up in exactly the same position. And I was like, food amazing and then i just ate it oh my god and then afterwards crazy. i had a little bit of shame so I was like well this is this is a first like i've never slept with a burrito and then woken up and eaten it before i even like got out of bed <laughs>
<laughs> so many firsts. Yeah. I love it. I think um, it's, it's totally relatable. Um, Again, Rob, I'm so jealous. Like, so jealous. Oh, I was, like, starving and couldn't eat anything. Horrible. Uh, Taylor, it's amazing. So yeah. good. <laughs> Hey, Taylor, do you want to do another intro when and you say that you run for Adidas? I don't know. Like, yeah. For a shout out for your sponsor. Yeah. I sort of had an awkward pause and then I was like, I probably should have added I run for Adidas after that. That was episode 210. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thank you to Leah, to Taylor, and my co-host, Katie. You guys are all amazing. You're welcome back whenever you want. If you have a show idea... I'm talking to all three of you. Just, we'll make it happen. So, big thank you to show sponsors. Thank you to you Patreon supporters. Thank you to Exoskin, Tannery Outdoors, and the John Wayne Cancer Foundation. Most importantly, don't forget to enjoy your training. Have a great week. Bye.